0: welcome to tmi today with rita bokupsi and jen lee in this podcast there is no such thing as too much information
1: we are diving into all of the taboo topics from money and careers to relationships and parenting to whatever else we've been too afraid to discuss as women listen in and join the movement as we raise each other up in our everyday lives
0: Hello everyone and welcome to TMI. I'm going to call it Today's Motivational Insights about Real Talk Today. And what we get to do here is have fun, first of all, and talk about topics that you know we don't think there's enough information about, so there can never be TMI, about life skills and really getting connected with amazing leaders in the world of how we create change around how we visualize things. And the first person I want to introduce is my cohort and colleague, <laughs> Julie, financial stress reduction attorney extraordinaire. Uh, so Jen, say a couple words. Yeah, sure. thank you. It.
2: It's so funny. Like we always are like, we talk about all these crazy things that no one wants to talk about, but everyone should talk about. And finances is where I come in and that's what I do. And we are so lucky to have Claire here today. Rita, do you want to introduce Claire real quick?
0: I do. I think she needs no introduction. All I need to say is ladies get paid. Uh, So look that up, Google that, and you will know all about Claire. But Claire is an amazing woman that I got to meet under unusual circumstances little teaser there. Uh, And really what it's all about is it is about empowering and elevating Claire's all about empowering and elevating women. And it's not about just saying, hey, we're here only for women to beat down the men, but let's level things up to the equal playing field so that we can all play together, work and collaborate together and elevate one another. When I think of Claire, I think of the cliche rising tides raises all shifts. So, Claire, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being on today. I'm super excited for you to share more, but why don't you share a little bit about your background and what do you want our audience to know about you? and what? Sure. You- Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Although not
1: sure I wanna be uh, when you think of me to think of the cliche, but it's totally true. (laughs) Rising tide lifts all boats. That is definitely one of the mantras that I live by. And that is the community that I created. Um, I started Ladies Get Paid in 2016. I guess, though, the germ of the idea or the kind of desire to do something began a year earlier when I'd had a pretty sexist experience that just kind of woke me up. I I don't know. There's probably a lot of people listening uh, or watching who, you know, life is okay, but then there's an experience you have that just shocks you into, wow. And for me, it was The wage gap, I didn't know that much about it. And this was in 2015. And it was discovering specifically that Hispanic women are making closer to 55 cents to the dollar. Okay. It's not the 78 cents to the dollar that you hear. Um, It just got me thinking, well, actually it got me depressed really, because as an individual, what can you do to combat something that's systemic? And it took about a year and a conversation with a girlfriend of mine to realize that asking for more money was a way to at least close our own gaps, right? It was a way to take control. You know, I, I, to be basically, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and wait for our companies to close the gap or for governments to, you know, enact policies that help even the playing field. And if I can't change, you know, what's going on around me, at least I can change what's going on in my bank account. And that does begin by asking for more. And so I just started to host events for women to come together to talk about money and explicitly, you know, negotiation. I mean, that was a tangible question mark for a lot of women. It was, you know, everything from what to charge to what do I say to, if it's a no, what do I say to that to, am I worthy of this? Right? Like if you're going to advocate for yourself, you first have to deeply believe that you are, you know, worthy of that advocacy. There's a lot of layers to this and through these events, you know, a way for us to continue the conversation in between, right? Cause it was a monthly event series. It was a Slack group that I had, and that's really how we expanded um, from you know 100 women at our first event. Um, now we've got 75,000 women from 120 countries and more than you know in all 50 states, and and it and it's because they come together online uh, to share stories and to share tips, and then we get experts to come and actually teach. You know, so it's it, it's wonderful to see everybody realize that a rising tide does lift all boats. That's amazing. So-
0: It is. And I I think, you know, this is the thing is like these misconceptions and misunderstandings of what's really happening and getting that insight so that this way we can create change. I'm going to say totally resonate. I mean, I've been able to teach on your platform because again, it it tends to be a lot, especially for women, this worthiness for their wealth, right? And the misconceptions that we're not worthy and when i think about this and and you know my family we're always we're always having these conversations i think the biggest thing is uh the block and so that you have this beautiful forum to create this openness to share the stories to create the norm uh, i don't know if i'm saying the right word normalcy <laughs> uh, around around these discussions around money, because when you think about women, we, we give so much away of ourselves, you know, and I talked to my, you know, when we talk to families, sometimes when I'm talking to families, our husband and wives, well, the wife's like, well, I I don't bring any money in. I said, okay. I said, you're the taxi driver. If you will, you're the chef, you're (laughs) the, you're the daycare sitter. I said, I want you to go look at all those salaries, come add them up. And find out how much you truly are worth. And by the way, add some because I'm sure you're forgetting certain pieces because we just keep on giving. So connecting with our worth, and you just shocked me when you said, you know, Hispanic women was at at 55 cents. Has it increased at all or has, are you seeing some shift and change at all? Just
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, you know, progress, whether it's, you know, our own sort of emotional progress or, you know, policy progress, it's not linear, right? Like you take you know, one step forward and then all of a sudden there's a backlash and now there's two steps backward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, you know, it's been a journey for sure, but I got to say the pandemic, you know, it, it, it was horrible and then there was an upside so we all know why it was horrible right statistics yes. got for women in terms of leaving the workforce you know these are the women's you know the, the folks who were furloughed or fired tended to be you know women because they were in roles that were hourly you know they were service workers etc um but the good news is the urgency of a social you know the, the need for a social safety net is there's a spotlight on it, right? I mean, I've been talking about how you know paid family leave is, is a remedy uh, for the wage gap and the leadership gap, um, and I've been talking about that for years. But now more people know about it. Um, now, I, have we seen it passed? I don't think so. But uh, but you know, the first step is awareness. Just like in bringing women together to have conversations, that's just always the first step. So we've taken that step, but. I mean, how long? I mean, I think it's like 200 years before it gets closed. It is complicated. I do want to just like take a step back for a second. There's a lot of factors that go into the into why, you know, there is a wage gap. It's not that necessarily that, you know, a man and a woman together compared, you know, who have the same role. One is paid so much less than the other. Um, It's actually just a little bit less. It's more of the issues of the roles and industries in our country that get paid the least are filled with women and tend to be women of color. Mm. So it's actually, and there's a term for it, uh, it's called occupational segregation. Okay. And, and one stat, you know, I just want to underscore for a second is in industries that used to be very male dominated, interior decorating is a good example. Actually used to be quite male dominated. Mm. It used to be higher paid. Then it became more female dominated and wages went down. Software engineers used to have a lot more women, believe it or not, lower paid. Then became dominated by men and it became higher paid. So this is a much larger, more socially driven question of why do we decide what to pay people? Nurses, teachers tend to be women. Why are they paid less? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then of course, there's a question of seniority, right? Why are principals and superintendents of schools tend to be men and they're paid the most and teachers tend to be women and they're paid less. So you can look at it in terms of it being very overwhelming and complicated and we can't solve this, or you can look at it and go, wow, there are so many variables that contribute to this. How wonderful. If we start working on different aspects, there'll be a domino effect. So it's sort of like, you know, pick one aspect of it that you get jazzed about and focus your effort on it. And I know you both are doing that and I'm doing that. uh, And, you know, so I hope I'm not
2: depressing anybody. (laughs) No, I think it's a good point because it seems like it gets so overwhelming. Like, okay, I can't do anything because there's so many parts of this, Mm -hmm. but the way you stated that was very encouraging like let's pick up something you can focus on and and do that one that one thing for a little while so I like that
0: yeah I find it actually really inspiring as to like oh my gosh here is where I can contribute and here is where I can create change with my gifts what are those gifts what and what would be the best way what do you think Claire how for someone to start out maybe exploring maybe how do they get part of uh to be part of your community. I know I I already said they can really literally Google let's get paid and and get started in that because I think it's really important to be like, here we are three women, very empowered around the topic that's probably most challenging for most women and that's money. Um, And we all get to empower, this is all about empowerment of that because I'm gonna say, you know, I'm a mama of two boys. So this is not just about women trumping Men or anything like that, or trying to, it's not this competition thing. This is that it's this collaboration to create communities to really have what I call collateral goodness happening in the world for all women and all I'm going to say, all the kids that they bring into the world, all the people that they nurture, all the families that they take care of. Because we know that women, you know, whether you have kids or not, you we tend to be the nurturers and we tend to be the ones that are um, the leaders in communities without having the leadership role. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I see it, but we are the leaders and we are the role models. And so I love everything, but what, what else like, okay, they can join your joining communities. Any other tips maybe that you could start out? Please. Yeah. So first and
1: foremost, just, Please, please believe that you can have command of everything in your life. Now, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. So whether that's, you know, your job and you don't like it, uh, you're not making enough money or you feel like you're, quote, not good at money, Um or you feel overwhelmed by time, right? You have so much to do, and time is just passing you by. Each of these elements, you can be proactive. However, it's going to take a lot of work, both internally, um, in terms of you know how you view things, right? Your thoughts, your feelings, and then your environment, you know, changing, making life easier for yourself. Right? If anybody read Atomic Habits, right? What what are the habits? How can you set yourself up for success? Right? Again, whether it's money, your job how you manage your time, of course, you know, relationships. So do believe that you are not, you know, a victim of your circumstances. Um, That's the first thing. Second thing is I think everybody has a gift. I mean, if you even just like look at your thumbprint, you know, we all are unique. Your life experiences, nobody else has that. So your voice matters, whether it's at your job and speaking up in a meeting or in your community or your, you know, an opinion that you share with somebody. There is value, again, in the fact that nobody else is you. And when you speak up, again, whether it's sharing an idea or sharing your story, you are helping other people. Actually, I should say even sharing your salary or sharing your struggles with money It's cathartic for you, but it will also allow somebody else to see themselves in you. That's the power, actually, ladies get paid. Of course, when we have people teach webinars, folks are learning, you know, tangible and specific things to do, right? But it's recognizing that you're not alone, I think, is the most profound shift for a lot of folks in just stripping away maybe shame that they have, Mm -hmm. um, like they should have known how to do this before. uh, We're all figuring it out. Okay. We're all figuring it out. So I would say that's, you know, just the fundamental first steps, and that you can learn these things. And they are things that are to be learned. I mean, who's, you know, out the womb knowing how to negotiate a salary? Like you may already have some confidence to do it, but, you know, or or even your finances, right? You may, you know, Uh have an abundant mindset because you were lucky enough to be raised in that way, but nobody's born knowing these acronyms, (laughs) you know. So, To just also have faith that education changes things, changes lives. And to your point earlier of how, you know, we're not, you know, it's not us versus men. More money for us means more money for everybody else. Um, so this this can only help, you know, again, whatever you do, if you put yourself first, because there's a lot of, you know, you mentioned it earlier about how we're not socialized to do that. You helping yourself is help, helping others. So do do believe that.
0: Yeah. It's like the, ox- I'm, I'm thinking several things. It's like the oxygen mask, right? Yeah. You put on you first so that you can help others. And then the big thing, because I do remember my first time that I was actually kind of shocked when I was up there, when I started speaking, I was terrified, right? My papers, um, literally like if I have paper here, this is me talking in the front of the room, right? With paper shaking. And then somebody coming up and saying, oh my God, thank you so much Because I've been living in silent shame and blame all these years. Yeah. And I was like, that blew me away, has stayed with me because how many of us have been doing that? Um, Some with realizing it and some with saying, hey, there's no alternative, but there is. And to your point is like, the only things we can control are really two: our attitude, our activities, right? So, we have a say in that. I mean, I and what's the cool thing is that hearing you say it, it becomes repetitive, so it becomes the same thing over and over again. And, and it's hard at first, like I don't have shaking papers with me anymore. i I call the myolinus blanket because you know, it was there when I needed it, and then I got to break free when I was ready. Um it took several years, and that's okay. That really is okay, it's just showing up as your best self and really exploring it. I I did one thing I'm going to share with you because this was a big thing for me is I really figured out how to position what I'm sharing by exploring and asking the question, what do you think about this? How can you brainstorm with me to give me an idea of where I can take the education of money? Well, I literally started going to leaders like senators, assembly people, mayors, and I'm going to tell you five years ago, if you would have, somebody would have said, Rita, you're going to be talking to these people, I would have been, uh, no, uh uh-uh, like I can't talk to them. They're here, and I'm putting my hand up high, and I'm down here, and who, who am I to speak to them? But in actuality, they need us. Leaders need us just as much as we need them, and so that's why I, like, definitely, you know, having you here today is to encourage everybody to really engage, um, you know, connect with Ladies Get Paid, with Claire, with Jen, look up Jen Lee's website, right? Um, Look up all of our websites, explore so that this way they can expand. And I I just see you, uh, Claire, as this, you know, because it was, it it didn't get big to 75,000 overnight, right? Yeah. Like it started with small baby steps, maybe share a little bit. Cause sometimes there's these myths around like, oh yeah, she became a success overnight. Well, okay. how many years did your overnight success take? You- I mean, I've been doing this since 2016 and I had a failed <laughs> startup
1: before this that I, you know, was similar to ladies get paid. So I, I kind of look at it like I was practicing, you know, before yes. this. Um, I mean, here's the thing. So the first event that I hosted, it was, um, So it was a town hall. So it was sort of like open forum for women to come and talk about money. I had no plan to do another event after that. It was a one-off. So there was no plan to like create a community or a company. I was working for somebody else at the time and I was very happy. So it was out of that event that I then thought, okay, let me make a Slack group so people can keep talking to each other since I'm not going to host another event. But it was looking at the Slack group about two weeks after that. That's when I had a real aha moment because I specifically saw the business that could be created out of this. That was the issue I'd had in the first startup is I really couldn't make a decision about how I was going to monetize. And so if you don't know how you're going to charge, that's okay. It's a project. It's not a business. And that's fine. This, I was like, how am I going to make money? (laughs) And so once I figured that out and I saw there was a need and I saw how it could grow. And again, I'd practiced this before with my other startup. Then I felt confident to quit and I had the savings and I was out of debt and I didn't have dependence. And so there was an element of timing too, right? If I don't do mm. it now, when will I do it? Life will only get more complicated. Um, and also, and speaking of timing, I mean, that is, that is absolutely a key ingredient to success for sure. And that's where it can feel like luck, um, but it's not, it's just timing and that's zeitgeist, right? So when I started this, it was in the months leading up to the 2016 presidential election. I and mean, of course we all know what happened. So there was already this surge of energy around women. Um, I mean, at first it was very positive and excited. We were gonna have a female president and then it was a little bit less excited <laughs> to put it you know, lightly. So that there was energy to be had I just harnessed it. I focused it. I made it specific. I made it productive. So, uh, you know, again, it was timing was an
2: absolute key in in all of this as well. I think that's really important because timing, I think people also see it as you got lucky, like you entered and it's not getting lucky. It's like establishing, okay, this is a good time to do it. And taking that leap is really an important thing to point out. Claire, can I ask you about your book? I, I see it behind you um, for those who are watching on the video, I see it behind you. Um, so tell us how the book came about, because I think a lot of women's voices could be elevated through, you know, writing books. How did your whole book come about?
1: Sure. Well, Rita knows this. Uh, so we were sued uh, by a group of men's rights activists uh, a couple of years ago. They accused us accused of gender discrimination and if anybody wants to learn more about that, you can go to ladiesgetsued.com. we created a whole marketing campaign about it, uh, around it. And that part of that was um, raising funds to pay our lawyers. Uh, but it was that experience that got the attention. It was a much longer story, of course, but got the attention of somebody who connected me to an agent, and I don't write about the men in the book. I do thank them in the acknowledgments because it was that experience that got me on the map, you know, in a really big way. It brought a lot of attention to us. Um, And so even though the book is not about my personal story or about the lawsuit, they were a key ingredient to getting the book deal. So, and that also goes to show when horrible things happen to you, you know, and again, I don't wish that experience upon anybody. And I know Rita, you know, You can make something out of any horrible thing that you experience. My question is, how are you going to use it to your advantage? Mm -hmm. And it could be just simply learning about yourself and about the world and learning to take care of yourself. I mean, it could be more sort of emotional lessons, or you can turn lemons into money, which was be getting this book deal. So, (laughs) you know, thank you to those men, I guess. I
2: love it.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love what you're saying, harnessing the energy and really harnessing. I want to say the energy, not of the negativity, what was happening, but of the possibility of what we're creating. And that is so amazing. Yeah, There's opportunity in everything and everyone. You just have to see it and seize it. Oh, I love that. See it and seize it. And I think about, um, and I know we're coming up on the end now, but I wanted to say, I like turning the, you know, we take one step forward and two steps back sometimes. Let's envision it of taking, I think what you did with this was you took two steps forward and you got to take one step back, looking at all of it in awe because of what you got to create by the way you looked at it. And I would love for us to start positioning people to be able to do it with that energy and a really abundance and joy and just create, um, create more. Is there any other hack or tip that you want to leave us with? You've left us with so much. I I mean, it's been abounding. Do you have any others left? If not, then share one fun fact about you that maybe most of us don't know.
1: Um, Well, I would just say, you know, the way that I you know, when I say find the opportunity and everything, see it and seize it. Well, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're okay, right? To your point earlier of like oxygen mask on first, I went on anti-anxiety medication during the lawsuit. Like I just, you gotta like stabilize yourself. Uh, and so that's, you know, oftentimes that begins with just make sure you're getting like seven to eight hours of sleep every night, make sure you're hydrating, right? Like that foundational stuff. We really skip over because again, we don't put ourselves first and we take it for granted. Um, so we're just focused on like willpower and, you know, the hard stuff. And it's actually like, am I just okay? Am I, you know, is my health and my sanity protected? Then you can get perspective and see the opportunity and have the energy to seize it. So I just wanted to say that. I love um, it.
0: See yeah. it, stabilize and seize it. Yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Um, fun fact. Uh, I mean, I people know this now because I put it in the newsletter recently, but I was discovered at theater camp when I was eight. And uh, cast in a Broadway musical when I was nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so I, I never actually made it onto Broadway. I ended up only being part of the uh, workshop cast, but that went on for a year. Uh, and I and it's a funny story um, of how I you know was able to get my let's just put it this way. I wasn't a very good singer, <laughs> but I got the audition. Uh, and by the way, this was with Paul Simon. Um, he was the one I auditioned for. This was his musical wow. called Eight Man. This was in 1996. And the reason I got the role was because he had me act out this. He was like, you're in the backyard with your little brother and you see a snake and act and I said, I have a question. What kind of snake is it? Is it poisonous? And he thought that was a good question He said, uh, garden snake, but I think you're a little scared and have an you know and remember you're with your brother and he's a little bit older than you. And I start to act it out and then I stopped. And this is how I got the part. And I said, I'm sorry, just one more question. What's my relationship like with my brother? Are we close?
0: (laughs) Look at you.
1: You know, the desire to do well, to ask insightful questions, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's
0: beautiful. For
1: anybody who's like, oh, well, I'm not good enough for this, or I don't have the experience. Trust me. I didn't have the experience and I was not good enough for that. However,
0: I brought myself. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that, I think I love that was me. Gosh, I love leaving, <laughs> leaving us with that. Asking insightful questions. Yeah, so beautiful having you here today. I really, really, really pe- appreciate it. Um, definitely a lot of motivational insights for today on TMI. And thank you so much, Claire. And thank you, Jen, um, two women who inspire me to no end. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks.